Amen. Good morning, church family. What a privilege again to be able to share with you from the book of James. And we've been having this series on the book of James, A Faith That Works. And we were blessed last week by Brother Brian Cook. Amen? He shared from his heart uh, what God had put in it to each one of us. And we were all blessed to hear the message. And so today we also want to continue with our series. And we will continue with the verses that we just read on the screen. Um, A wisdom that comes from above. That is the kind of wisdom that God invites each one of us to depend upon. Yes, there are two types of wisdom. One that comes from God. Another one that comes from man or earth. And he goes as far as saying from Satan himself. So we want to today ask God's Holy Spirit to show us the wisdom that we need for these days. Dear Heavenly Father, again, we invite your Holy Spirit to open up your word to our eyes and to our ears and most of all to our hearts so that we may put into practice the things that we learn today. We thank you for being our God and we thank you for the opportunity to study your word. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We look at our world and we think, wow, who has the solutions to the problems that we're seeing? And it seems like every week it's a repeat of the same. Just a different place, a different time, but pain and suffering everywhere. And I think most of us heard about yesterday, Germany again, a man who was, or I don't know how old he was, but he was going after children. And I think nine people were reported already dead in a McDonald's in Munich, Germany. And we just see violence and pain and suffering everywhere. And we just ask ourselves, how long, how much more suffering do we have to endure? The book of James invites us to live a life of genuine faith in God. James introduces a number of subjects or themes essential to Christian living. And from the beginning, James invites us to engage openly with God and his plan for each one of us. As I've shared in the past, for James, faith is not something passive, but something that is active. Faith is not something that is dead, but that is alive. Faith is something we can show with our actions. The general concern that I see that James expresses in his book is a concern to see God's people living according to the principles of God's word. That's, that's James' desire. He, he wants to see a church that follows God's 
word. And he considers this to be true wisdom. For James, the solution is not just a matter of faith and trust in God, but it is a decisive action that depends not on human strength or wisdom, but on divine activity. The only solution to the problems of our world, be it as close as it is at home, or as far away as Munich, Germany, is to follow God's plan. If we look for human solutions to our problems, we will only reap confusion, disorder, and all sorts of evil deeds. So who is a wise person? Who is a man of understanding? James chapter 3, verse 13 asks this question. If you have your Bibles, you can open it to James chapter 3, verse 13. Who is a wise who is wise and understanding among you? Some um, commentators think that James was addressing teachers. James was addressing pastors. But I believe James is addressing each one of us. Amen? And we could say, how many of us would like to have understanding? How many of us think we need wisdom? And I think of all the, the families that are here and those with young ones, parents, you're seeking wisdom from above, amen? To, to, to take and guide um, your, your children. Um, our youngsters who are in high school, they, they need wisdom today, amen? amen. To, to make the right choices regarding their career, regarding their friends. Uh, our college students who are here, um, they need wisdom from above, to, to make the right, to find the right job and to find the right spouse. And we all, at all stages of our life, we need wisdom that comes from above. So James basically asks the question, who is wise and understanding among you? And then he answers it, let him show it. Have we heard that from James before? We have. Show it. Don't, don't be afraid to show your faith. And he tells us how we can show it. We can show it by having a good life. By deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. Wow. Having a good life. Do we all want a good life, brothers and sisters? We, we all desire to have a good life. So James says, show it by deeds done in humility. Is it easy for us human beings to do that which is good? We struggle every day. But praise God that he has not left us alone. 
He has provided for this situation a solution. And my clicker is not working. There we go. Our growth in grace, our joy, our usefulness, all depend upon our union with Christ. It is by communion with Him daily, hourly, by abiding in Him that we are to grow in grace. He is not only the author, but also the finisher of our faith. It is Christ first and last and always. He is to be with us not only at the beginning and at the end of our course, but at every step of the way. Amen? God doesn't just want to be there at the beginning, but he wants to be there at the end, and he wants to be there at every step of the way. And James tells us that this is possible. We can receive this wisdom that comes from above. We can receive um, the wisdom that helps us to do deeds, deeds that are done in humility. Is humility something important for us? According to James, it's very important. Not just for James, but we look at so many other men and women in the Bible. We look at Moses. who was called to be one of the meekest mans in history. We look at the life of Anna. We look at the life of Mary. But above all, we look at the life of Jesus. And we see that everything that he did, he did it in humility. He never wanted to take credit for himself. But he said, the Father has given me these words. The Father has told me to do these things. And we find in the Old Testament, especially in the book of Proverbs, that wisdom and humility go hand in hand. And I want to share a few passages um, from the book of Proverbs. Let me see if I can. Proverbs 11.2 tells us, When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. We see here connected again, humility and wisdom. Proverbs 15.33, wisdom's instruction is to fear the Lord, and humility comes before honor. Proverbs 29.23 tells us, a man's pride will bring him low, but a humble spirit will obtain honor. Is it hard to be humble? It is when you think you know it all. And there were teachers, preachers in the church who claimed to know it all. They knew exactly what needed to happen. And there was great strife within the church. There was great division within the church. 
there was great dishonor to God within the church. And James tells us what this was actually looking, at, looking like in the following verse. Verse 14 tells us, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. He compares the wisdom of heaven with the wisdom of earth. The wisdom of heaven is wise. It's humble. Does good deeds. The wisdom of earth looks to exalt self. Is envious. And in the Bible we find several examples of this type of earthly wisdom. We look at the example of Cain. Who was envious of his brother Abel. Because his sacrifice was accepted. And Cain's was not. We look at um, the example of Absalom, who thought he was a better ruler than his father. He was kinder than his father. And we see the consequences of that type of wisdom. We see Judas, who betrayed Jesus, thinking his plan was better than Jesus' plan. And we look at Lucifer himself, who exalted himself or wanted to exalt himself above God. And we see where that type of wisdom led him. It led him, as we know, to deny God, to deny the truth. We see Pilate facing Jesus, the truth, the life, and the way, and he denied who he was. James tells us that such wisdom in verse 15 does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and he calls it even of the devil. That's the kind of wisdom we, brothers and sisters, are called not to follow. And if we listen today at the news and we listen to the solutions that man has for the problems that we are facing in our world. Does it look like it's wisdom from above or does it look like it's wisdom from below? Man does not have a solution for the problems that we are facing. But God invites us to receive wisdom that is from above. Verse 17 tells us what this wisdom looks like. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all, what, brothers and sisters? It's pure. I'll just read on here. Then, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, 
full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. The characteristics that James tells us regarding the wisdom that comes from above. First of all, he says it is pure. Is God pure? He's pure, brothers and sisters. No malice in him. He wants our well-being. He wants us to prosper. And that is the characteristic of those who have wisdom from above. It's pure. Why? Because it comes from God himself. The wisdom that God gives his people is peace-loving. Is God concerned about our relationships? He is concerned about our relationships. He wants us to have great relationships. He wants us to have a good relationship with him, and he wants us to have a good relationship with each other. And heavenly wisdom does just that. It unites instead of divide. It brings people together in peace and in love. Heavenly wisdom is considerate. It puts itself in somebody else's shoes. It thinks about the consequences that our decisions can have upon others. It doesn't just look for what's best for oneself, but it looks for what's best for others. It's submissive. That's a hard one. It's open to growth. It's open to accepting that God or someone else might have a better idea as to what to do. And is willing to listen. It's willing to accept counsel. It's full of mercy. Yes, the law says this. It looks beyond that and says, how can I help this person understand his or her situation? It's full of good fruits. And we've heard of good fruits in Scripture. The fruits of the Spirit is love. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. And yes, wisdom that comes from above has all those good fruits. Heavenly wisdom is impartial and undivided. That means determined to do that which is right. And even if though the heavens fall, it will continue to trust in God. And heavenly wisdom is sincere. That means without hypocrisy, truthful, honest, And this is the kind of wisdom that God desires to see 
in his people. This is the kind of wisdom that I believe Paul talks about also in Philippians chapter 2. And if you have your Bibles, please open your Bibles with me to Philippians chapter 2. Where Paul invites the church, those who claim to be united to Christ, to be like him. Paul, Philippians chapter 2, and I'll start with verse 1. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. But in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude, your mind should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Do we have a great example of someone who followed The wisdom from above, brothers and sisters. We have an amazing example of someone who put into practice these principles, who put into practice these virtues. And the invitation that James is making to the church, who is going through tumultuous times, through difficult times, is to gain strength, gain wisdom from above. I'm going to go to some quotes that I passed on my way to this section. I'm going to see if I can go back a little bit. A life in Christ is a life of restfulness. There may be no ecstasy of feeling, but there should be an abiding, peaceful trust. Your hope is not in yourself. It is where? In Christ. Your weakness is united to his strength. Your ignorance to his wisdom. Your frailty to his enduring might. So you are not to look to yourself. Not to let the mind dwell upon self. But the secret is to look to Christ. Let the mind dwell upon his love upon the beauty, the perfection of his character, Christ in his self-denial, Christ in his humiliation, Christ in his purity and holiness, Christ in his matchless love. This is the subject for the soul's contemplation. 
It is by loving Him, copying Him, depending wholly upon Him that you are to be transformed into His likeness. James is calling the church to be completely transformed into the image of Jesus. That is wisdom. And if we think, Pastor Sam, how does this happen? It can only happen if we abide constantly in Christ. It can only happen if we fix our eyes on Jesus. Book, Steps to Christ. That's a chapter, Growing into Christ. If there's ever a time where we need to be looking at Jesus and not looking at what others are doing or even looking at what is going in our own life, it's today's brothers and sisters. It is today. This week I had the privilege of visiting John. And for you, some of you who don't know, um, he was, he's in prison and he was to have a court appearance yesterday that got postponed until Monday. That's where he receives all his charges. That's where all the focus is on everything that he has done wrong. That's a pretty heavy burden to carry. But praise God that he invites us in moments like that. He invites John and he invites each one of us to fix our eyes on Jesus, to let his Holy Spirit dwell in our hearts. And this is an invitation not just for Sabbath, but this is an invitation for every day of the week. To to wake up and just say, God, what is it that you want me to do today? What are your plans for my life? What challenges will I face together with you? Because you promised to be with me. You promised to send your angels. You promised even to send other human beings to help me with some of the situations that I will be facing. And does God keep his promise? He always keeps his promise. So James invites us to seek for this wisdom that comes from above. He continues by telling us there in this chapter, chapter 3, and I believe now verse 16. We go back to James. Actually, it's verse 18. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. What is James talking about here? Peacemakers who sow in peace. When we have wisdom from above, we become peacemakers. And Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. Amen? For they shall inherit the kingdom of God. They shall so in peace. And what they will reap 
is a harvest of righteousness. Isn't that what God wants each one of us to harvest? Righteousness. How do we sow in peace? How do we have the privilege of being peacemakers? William Barclay commenting on this passage, this last verse. We are all trying to reap the harvest which a good life brings. Aren't we all, brothers and sisters? But the seed which bring the rich harvest can never flourish in any atmosphere other than of right, what? Relationships between man and man. The only people who can sow these seeds and reap the reward are those whose life work it has been to produce such right relationships. Right relationships. Is it easy to have right relationships at home? Is it easy to have right relationships at work? Is it easy to have right relationships at school? Our world seems to be lacking right relationships. But the only way this harvest of righteousness can be seen and be reproduced and, and we could harvest these fruits is if we look for right relationships with each other. And we can ask ourselves the question, how does this work? How does it work? I'm struggling, Pastor Sam, with understanding my teenage kids. I'm struggling, Pastor Sam, to understand my spouse. I'm struggling to understand my coworkers. And it is difficult for each one of us to understand what other people are thinking and feeling and, and seeing. Because we're seeing something completely maybe different and feeling something completely very different. And we're trying to build these relationships. But praise God for Jesus. Amen? Praise God for that prayer in John 17. Because the invitation for us is to pray for one another, yes? And to pray when we don't understand, we can seek for wisdom from above. And God promises to reveal his will for our life. Substitute Christ tells us Jesus prayed for us. And he asked that we might be one with him, even as he is one with the Father. What a union, she says, is this. The Savior has said of himself, the Son can do nothing of himself. Wow, that was Jesus who said that. Talk about humility. The creator of the universe says, the Son can do nothing of himself. 
the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. And she continues by saying, then if Christ is dwelling in our hearts, he will work in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. We shall work as he worked. We shall manifest the same spirit. And thus loving him and abiding in him, we shall grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Brothers and sisters, I don't believe these passages we have read today have been just read and presented by chance or by accident. I believe this is the message God is giving His church in the year 2016. If there's ever has been an opportunity for us to witness to the world in a powerful way what it means to have a right relationship with God and what it means to have a right relationship with each other, I believe it is today. Amen? Look at our world. It's divided. It's in pain. It's hurting. And the solutions that people are saying are really not going to help. They might even divide us even more. But what an opportunity to witness to the world what it means to have wisdom from above. You know, you could be praying and praying out loud for somebody. And somebody else is hearing your prayer. They might even come up to you and say, Hey, I heard you praying. You must be a believer. We might come up to somebody who is hurting. And we don't know about it. But we take the time to just what? Listen. And share with that person what we know, what we understand about God's plan of salvation. We might be just able to share with them something that might help them with a swollen leg. Say, hey, you know, you could do some um, water therapy. Or if you avoid eating meat, it might help with your knees and your swelling. But there are opportunities out there, like never before, to share who Christ is. If I understand the book of James, he's basically inviting us all to put our faith in God, to trust in Jesus who he has sent, the one who came and died for each one of our sins. And if we trust him, if we follow him, 
if we believe his word, he says we will be able to endure trials and temptations. Can we say amen to that? He says that we will not show favoritism. Can we say amen to that? He says that we will be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And can we say amen to that? He tells us that if we receive this wisdom from above, we will harvest righteousness. And if there's ever a time that the world is longing for righteousness, it is today. Our world is in pain. It is in turmoil. And God is saying, do not rely on the wisdom from earth. It's full of envy. It's full of bitterness. It's full of lies. That's not the wisdom that you want. Don't follow it. It only leads to disorder. It leads to destruction. But follow the wisdom that comes from above, that comes from Jesus. Does Jesus deserve our loyalty, brothers and sisters? Does he deserve our praise? If there's anyone who deserves it, it's Jesus who gave it all for you and for me. And what an opportunity, what what a privilege we have um, to gain wisdom from above. Wisdom that comes from God himself. And by God's grace, his church will be pure. His church will be peace-loving. His church will will be considerate. His church will be submissive. His church will be full of mercy. His church will produce good fruit. His church will be impartial. And His church will be sincere for the honor and glory of God. Amen.